0: Welcome to another episode of the Successful Solopreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Sue Stiles, and today I want to introduce you to Amanda Dunsmore. This Kwantlen College fashion design grad who worked at West Beach and Lululemon before taking on Ritzy as the tween and up brand, uh, known to everybody as the TNA line, is my guest here today. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Sue. Um, Is there anything else we should know about you before we get into our conversation today? Welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the honest advice and personal stories. I'm Sue Stiles, the CEO of the Successful Solopreneurs School of Business, and I'm here to share hope and possibility so that you can reach the unwavering results you desire. Find the best business resources, advice, and offers at suestyles.com. And now on with the show.
1: Well, I think um, if I look back at my uh, journey and my careers, they all seem to be rooted in in some sort of sport or athletic um, realm. And I think for me, it's it's a huge part of my life. I love the ocean. Anything to do with water sports, I'm all over it. Um, so I think for me, that really inspires my uh, my direction and how I think and how I dress and how I live my life.
0: So you're, I mean, you're living the brand. And I'll tell everyone, um, Amanda, you are my cousin through marriage. And so, I mean, our family, we've known where you work the whole time. And and all the girls think that's really cool. But what happened for me is last year, I was at a marketing conference in Banff and chip wilson gave out his books here the little black stretchy pants and i'm reading along this book Uh, let me share with you amanda dunsmore was a designer i had hired at west beach to design outerwear jackets she was athletic and had the perfect style of a fresh healthy vancouver athlete In Amanda's words, there was Nike, there was Adidas, there was Reebok, but there was really nothing that catered to women who wanted workout clothes that actually fit and felt good. You're in the book. Does that (laughs) ring true? Yes, it does. (laughs) Very much so. So when I read that, I was reminded, what? Amanda, you started your career with Chip and Lululemon at ground zero before anyone knew any of this was going to take off maybe um maybe let's start with um before you went to fashion design school you know what was the road that took you here or did it come straight here were you diverted along the way
1: yeah i mean i i've always been interested in clothes um uh, coming, My mom was Italian. We, we went to Italy every summer, super inspired by um, their fashion coming at an earlier stage in, in terms of trend. Um, so I'd always come back home with these really great um, new innovative items, clothes, shoes. So I've always been interested. It's definitely in, in my family. Um, learned how to sew at a really young age with my mom. And uh, so I always thought I wanted to do design. Um, and then I got out of uh, high school and I had second thoughts and I ended up uh, going to college in an arts program for French. I thought I wanted to be a French teacher. Oh. <laughs> I know, so interesting. I was, I've always been enamored with France, um, with the French language and the culture. Um, At one point I thought I would go there and be a nanny so I could just actually live and submerse myself in that culture. Um, So I did that for about a year and a half. And then I thought, what am I doing? Um, You know, I I really wanna go into fashion. And so I withdrew, took a bit of time off, took some time for myself to really sort of analyze where I was going and uh, applied into the Coatland College um, fashion design, program and and then I went I went back to school and and graduated
0: how you know when you're just saying that I can feel that for so many of us we you know we think we know who we are but then we doubt ourselves Mm -hmm. and we second guess like I don't know you know that's just who I am a lot of people who are truly gifted you know they don't know they're gifted that's just the way they are
1: yeah yeah, I think it's hard for us to sometimes recognize what our gifts are. Yeah, um, and we're all given these these gifts, and I think it's our it's our duty to embrace them. And and sometimes we don't recognize them, and sometimes we, you know, it's nice to have the people around us to remind us. Um, you know, these are your gifts, and this is what you should really dig deep in and figure out what what that is and what that means and how you can um share that gift with you know the people around you
0: right how do you express it to its fullest so you um go to fashion design school and the way chip talks about it in his book as he sees your designs he loves them and he reaches out to you and just says hey hey you take the program you know do you want to come and i'm thinking about you know doing these yoga pants uh what was that whole experience like how did that begin
1: yeah i mean he really took a chance on me he um really believed in me which i appreciate um i i met chip while i was still in school we did a a practicum work practicum i i did that at west beach so that was when he was still there um and then chip was great because he always really um believed in young fresh new designers and he would come to the Kwantlen College fashion show at the end of the year um, and then he saw my show uh, definitely rooted in uh, board sports you know surfing snowboarding skate culture and really that was what he grew up in as well and so I think it resonated with him and um, he approached me after I graduated and and had this idea of um, you know starting this women's yoga clothing company and uh, asked me if I wanted to, to join him. As wow. hmm
0: He seems like a real, just from reading his book, a real entrepreneur that's just brimming with ideas and trying to get people to come around and help him. Is that how it was in real life?
1: Definitely. He was always on the cutting edge of something new, um, fresh, innovative, a little edgy. Um, you know, his marketing campaigns always had a bit of a uh, conversation piece and, and political um, edge to it. And, and I think that's really what got him noticed and got what got Lululemon noticed as a, a new and up and coming brand.
0: Yes. And you were in one of those advertisements, right? Like, well, he's yes, like, yeah. I have this idea. And yeah. um, oh, gosh, I can't remember what it what it was
1: it was uh it was a ron Zalco, you know he he owned a gym that chip actually attended he was you know good friends with ron Zalco, and uh it was this little poke and edge to him like um what did it say mine is bigger than yours or something like that and
0: <laughs> yeah
1: right it got a lot of conversation going Gosh. <laughs>
0: that's what it that's what it takes right you have to cut through the noise and so what were your first years like there though you couldn't have known it this was going to take off and become what it what happened right
1: yeah I mean it was it was chipping myself really and uh, I worked out of his house he didn't even have an office at that point and you know a, a startup company essentially um and we you know i was doing everything from you know sourcing fabrics to creating tech packs uh, you know designing the items fitting them on myself usually (laughs) um and then meeting with production we tried to do all our production locally in vancouver um so it was very uh it was a huge learning curve for me because coming fresh out of school you don't learn all these really specific job um, criteria, and it's really being on the job and, and actually forcing yourself to learn it, to do it, um, sometimes can be overwhelming, but um, you know if you stick with it, it, it really ends up paying off in the end and um, some suffering through the way, for sure, um, but such great reward in the end.
0: So he ended up uh, not keeping you with lululemon though right tell us a bit about how that all transpired
1: well he was still involved with west beach um not so much designing for them but uh he still had a connection with them and at the time they were looking for a designer and so they had reached out to chip and asked him if he wanted to come on contract and design uh, a fall winter season so he asked me if i wanted to do that with him and so of course i couldn't do both and so um i kind of left lululemon after about three years and um ended up going to west beach and designing uh, snowboard outerwear and street street clothes for men and women
0: wow and Mm. so there you are enjoying you're getting some experience under you And then Chip introduces you to somebody who needs some help.
1: Yeah. So uh, then he introduced me to Brian Hill. And at the time, him and Brian used to play squash together. Um, And I think Brian kind of mentioned, you know, I'm looking for, you know, a lifestyle designer. You know, do you know anyone? And at the time, West Beach was a bit tumultuous. So I I was also looking for something new. Uh, so Chip introduced me to Brian and, um, and the rest is kind of history. That was 20 years ago.
0: Wow. And Brian was the creator of the TNA brand, right?
1: Yeah. So when I started, um, TNA was essentially, you know, a couple sweat fleece items, a couple t-shirts, um, and that's about it really, it was very tiny, um, so it's, it's grown obviously considerably since then.
0: Oh my gosh. And this year, especially, I mean, you couldn't have been more positioned for people who want to just be comfortable in their own houses in some clothes that stretch with them as we move and grow. Yes, exactly. I mean, I,
1: I, you know, COVID obviously not, uh, a positive impact on, on our people and our community and, Um, but I'm thankful that for me in my career right now, it's really, um, proven to be quite a positive. Mm -hmm. If you can see some sort of positive through the whole, you know, negative aspect of it, but yeah, sweat fleece and leggings and comfort and, you know, being at home, so many people working from home now. And, uh, it's really, um, I I'm super thankful that, uh, tna is uh
0: yeah they were positioned it all yeah in the early days how did you find um your ideas for what to make next what to design next you know did you did they all come out of your head or where did you go to find your inspiration
1: i mean i've always been inspired by travel um and it's a huge part of our research. We, you know, we would go to Europe, you know, Paris. Uh, we'd go to Germany, Berlin, Munich. Um, I've been to Japan, um, New York, LA. It's, it's by, you know, seeing these people on the streets. It's by visiting local stores that we don't necessarily have here with brands that we can be inspired by. Um, so that's a huge part of it. Um, and then working in a vertical company, we're, it's, it's really great for, for us because we have a customer and ultimately what we're trying to do is design clothes that our customer wants to buy and wants to wear, um, that resonate with her. And so we have that ability to read our sales and see what she actually is resonating with and what she wants. And so it's, how do we build on those successes and, create newness and excitement for her.
0: Yes, well, so it's always evolving. Is that part of the challenge too though? Like, I guess every time you're making something new, you never know what's going to hit or are there other challenges that have really hit over the last 20 years?
1: I mean, I think with fashion, it's it's such a quick moving target. And ever more so now with social media, because there's the idea of like you know see now buy now wear now, and you know we work about ten months um, out, so it's it's how do we you know capture those things that are happening now that you know our customer wants those things now, but really to execute them it takes quite a bit longer, you know
0: real future future forecasting. Yeah, you know, it is. a good um, insight for any business owners too. Sometimes I think we get stuck in our own cities or our own community or even our own industry, but do some research and go somewhere else where it's cutting edge, where people are doing things differently and and examine what people want and what's working somewhere else and then bring it to your industry or your city. This is, yeah. you've made a career out of doing this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that because um, TNA's it's a Vancouver based brand, you know, it's a Canadian brand. And I think in Canada, it's very well known, it's loved. Um, And when we went into the US with our, our stores, it, it, TNA really struggled. And it was really trying to gain that brand awareness that, you know, we took for granted here in Vancouver and Canada. Um, people in the U S just, it, it, didn't, it wasn't resonating and, you know, people didn't understand the name, you know, what does the name mean? Like, what is, what this?
0: does the name mean? Well, well uh, it
1: can mean whatever you like. And actually we've played a lot with the acronym and trying to create like, you know, true North athletics or Tallulah national athletics, or, you know, all these different acronyms, um, that it could mean and that's kind of the fun of it as well <laughs>
0: that, <Yeah. laughs> so that's funny because i think in our family uh we always thought you had named it and named it after what you wanted to name your girls
1: funny well the name did come before my girls and it just so happened um my oldest talia my youngest acacia um tna it just it's super ironic it you know it's a fluke really the name was already established and i definitely didn't name my children after the brand name
0: or did you maybe subconsciously maybe i did wow that's so funny yeah i mean i'm sure everyone wonders is it tna or yeah how interesting Yeah. yeah um now in 2014 I believe it was. You went to Mount Kilimanjaro. You thought you'd do a little climb, athletic girl, but this came at sort of working out some of your own challenges. You were wanting to do something or accomplish something. Is this how you met uh, whatever that undercurrent was in your own life?
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, life is, is ebbs and flows of, you know, I, I, you know, I'm doing really well in where I'm at, or, you know, you fall into a kind of a rut, whether it be, you know, personally, f- you know, professionally, creatively, whatever that is. Um, and for me at that time, I think I was just, I've always wanted to do um, a climb. I was actually inspired by Christy Turlington. In my teenage years, I always looked up to her and, and I thought, yeah, she's, A model for sure but um, she was always just a little bit more than that you know she was a smart girl she you know a philanthropist and all these different things that I thought were really um, inspiring and so she climbed it and I had read about it when I was younger and I thought you know I'm going to do that one day I really want to do that and so I did you know I had a a big birthday that year and um, me and a, a good friend of mine decided to do it and yeah, we did a three week trip. We did a Kilimanjaro climb, and then we did an amazing safari, which is something I've always loved animals. So that was also something I've always wanted to do.
0: What was that like, actually reaching a big goal like that, that is hard to reach? Um, Did you feel any euphoria when you got to the summit? Or what was it a surprise? I mean, it was,
1: it was incredible. I mean, the the final ascent, you basically, you get up at midnight and you're climbing all night in the dark. So you're really like, where am I? What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? It's freezing cold. Um, and then the sun rises and you're above the clouds. And it's just the most, um, it was the most amazing moment. It, it really was super enlightening and incredible. Um, and then there was a couple more hours to get to the top. But I feel for me that that moment was um, one I'll never forget.
0: Wow. Yeah. I will live vicariously through you because I will never climb a summit like that. But it sounds amazing. You can do it, Sue. You could do it. <laughs> you know, you're very athletic and and doing designing these athletic brands, I might be like some other people around there that I like to look athletic in an athletic, I'm wearing my most athletic thing with, you know, (laughs) mock turtleneck, but uh, I can't run for more than a minute. So I, you know, I just wasn't designed to be super, uh, a super athlete, but I enjoy the benefits of the clothing of the comfort and if I go out for a little run or a walk or walk the dog you know want to know that I look the part right
1: yeah I think that's a huge part of of what we do when we 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 design I mean um of course we have a huge collection of leggings and you know long line bras and everything to go with it and you know the percentage of girls that buy it for actual, you know, workout is, is probably quite small. Mm. Um, But I think as women, we, we want to feel like we look good. Yes. Um, You know, whether we're climbing a mountain or going for a run or or whatever it is, um, you want to feel like you look the part at least and, and feel like you look like you're in shape. Um, and so, you know, I do think about that when we're designing these clothes, because um, we always want to look good as women, you know, like, whether you're wearing a pair of sweatpants or a pair of leggings, you know, how can can you make that look um, presentable and and somewhat feel sexy in a pair of sweatpants, and it's possible.
0: Yes, right, and so what's, what's hot right now or what's coming up in this next year for for us for um this leisure kind of athletic wear
1: i mean it's really building on building on it um i think there's a whole idea of being comfortable and cozy and so whether it's in the fabrication um, and how we design it with the seaming and and um, how it fits the body i think cozy is a huge going to be a huge huge aspect it already is in tna but it's like building on that success yeah um obviously our sweat fleece is kind of our uh, you know we're really known for our our sweat fleece and building into those programs with new fabrications new silhouettes and new washes and um it's important to keep it all looking fresh and new otherwise you know how do we bring that customer back again
0: Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit about the people that you've worked with over mm-hmm. time. I think there's a power in people. Yeah. Um, sometimes the power is for good, sometimes it's not for good. But mm-hmm. you have a really unique culture uh, in the Aritzia um, family, don't you? Yeah,
1: we do. Um, I work with great people. I, um, we have some, you know, really smart Um, women. We work with a a lot of women. You know, our our office is, um, we're surrounded by women, which is really inspiring. Um, And they're smart, and they're talented, and they're creative. Um, I work with a tight team of uh, uh, technical designers, designers, um, and they're amazing. And really, my success is um based on that team really Mm,
0: it's a team effort
1: it it really is and so i can't take all the credit it's it's really what i think builds a really strong team is all these different talents um and so what i bring to the table is going to be different than what someone else, one of my other designers will bring to the table and we all have our strengths. And I think that's what really makes a strong, solid team and creates ultimately the best product.
0: And your um, CEO, Brian Hill, gives you the freedom to, to design and, and he's involved with the process still. Is it still a love of his life?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and I think TNA out of any brand, I don't know if I should say this, but he, he's very passionate about it. Um, and so um, he's in every meeting that we present a new collection for the season. Um, wow. And he offers, what he offers in those meetings is his, you know, lifelong experience. And he's one of those people that he, he's extremely creative, um, amazing taste, But he's also uh, you know got that business mind um the smarts um which really is what makes him successful as a leader
0: yes wow well 20 years of a career for you and no one knew that it would take off like this in 2020 and 2021 you know we'll still be continuing but it was absolutely poised for perfection and we're all reaping the benefits of it. Is there if you could summarize, uh, like some advice or something when you look back over your hindsight and how people have hired you and they didn't know you and you've grown up with great teams? Is there any bit of, you know, something that you could share with other professionals out there from your own experience? Um,
1: I think if I look at the success of my team, Um, I think as a leader, it's really important to recognize the individual's talents and it's really important to, um, to let those people come up and and offer up their, their talents. Because I think sometimes leaders, um, they they're afraid, you know, to let these people rise up to the occasion. And I think it's really important to let these people rise up because um, in the end, you can't do it all. And you know, the bigger your team grows, and the more people you hire, um, it requires you to, you know, to take the 30,000 foot view, and you've you've got to be able to look at the big picture, whereas you rely on these people to look at the detail and um, so I would encourage um, any leader or entrepreneur to really um rely on on building a solid team and and a diverse team I think that's really important
0: such good advice um and I think you know lots of times the entrepreneurs solopreneurs that I work with we feel like we have to do it all by ourselves yeah And I've
1: been, I am for sure um, one of those people, I'm a perfectionist. So I always feel like, you know, if I do it myself, it'll be done the way I want it to be done in the right way. But we forget when we do that, that, you know, maybe my way is not the right way or maybe there's a better way. Um, So be open to that.
0: Right, yes, Yes. be open for something even better than in your own head. Oh, that's so good. Such good advice and such an amazing career. Um, Aritzia's just opened up, isn't there Super Puff Store in New York? Did I get that right?
1: Yes, so we just opened up our Super World, uh, in Soho on Broadway, which is extremely exciting. It's it's a kind of a crazy time of, of uh, what's happening in this world right now to be opening up a, a brick and mortar retail store, but uh. So far, it's doing really well, and uh, it's going to be housing all of our, it does house all of our super puff collection. Um, For those of you that don't know, it's our um, big puffy coats that uh, Yeah. Yeah, super comfy, cozy, warm. Um, So that's very exciting. So that's kind of our next uh, venture.
0: Always innovating, stepping forward, pivoting with what's going on, deciding when to launch or when to pull back. Really interesting to hear from the inside of the fashion industry and especially your journey from Lululemon, West Beach, and finally to Aritzia. Thank you for sharing your hindsight with us today, Amanda. Thank you, Sue. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And say hello to my cousin Jaron, who was smart enough to marry you. And awesome, girls, <laughs> and Acacia. Thank I will. you. <laughs> Bye for now. See y'all next time on okay. the Successful Solopreneurs Podcast.